Well, good morning. This will be a bit more recognisable as a Bible story. <laughs> uh, it's a privilege to be able to share with you this morning. And uh, I really <coughs> had something on my heart uh, for this morning. And then um, when I was spending time yesterday just praying, God really um, changed things a bit. He tends to do that, especially when you've not got a lot of time. <coughs> But uh, that's what he did, and so really what I want to share with us this morning, I I guess, follows on uh, very much from last week. For those of you who weren't here last week, we we had the privilege of having Rob Hodgkins with us, who who is really part of a ministry that has a prophetic voice to the nation. And just very short and briefly, he shared with us what he felt uh, the season that we were coming into was, and he likened it to moving from the Moses season to the Joshua season for those who weren't here just so that you have an idea you know Moses my servant is dead we read at the end of Deuteronomy beginning of Joshua and uh, then God calls Joshua and says as I was with Moses I will be with you you go and take the people to where I intend them to be and um, we felt very much didn't we as a people that that was so much of about where we're at uh Do any of you feel that you've ever experienced that experience, I've been here before? Do do any of you know what I'm saying? Have you ever thought, I've been here before? Maybe 30 years ago, maybe 20 years ago. Um, And I'm sure many of us can identify with that. And so I don't want to be here where I've been before. I want to move to where I should have moved to then. (laughs) And that's all about... Uh, That's identified particularly with Joshua taking over and taking the people into the promised land. So uh, I just want to read a verse to you this morning. I apologize if there's not much up there because I haven't given anybody anything to put up there except the initial reading. And I know that's a relief for Chris because it was, uh, it did get back to me that he said, I hope whoever's preaching Sunday is not all over the place with scriptures. Well, I am a bit, so we'll just have the... I just want to read a verse or two for you. Rose read read it to us a couple of weeks ago, and I just want to read to you from Romans uh, chapter 8. You'll know the verse so well. And I want us to start from here, Romans Romans 8 and verse 35. I happen to be reading from the NIV. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship? or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, need, discouragement, you can put whatever you like in there, danger of death, for your sake we face death all the day long, we're considered as sheep to the slaughter, and then this is the verse, no, says the writer, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Now, I believe we are more than conquerors. Jesus said that we are more than conquerors. I wonder if you, uh, if you have any idea what the dictionary's um, interpretation of conqueror is. I just want to read one or two things to you. To be a conqueror means to win, to overcome, to defeat, to be victorious, to beat, to crush, defeat, get the better of, overpower, overthrow, prevail. These are good words, aren't they? 
rout or root, subdue, vanquish, overrun, seize. They're just some of the, uh, of the, of the meanings of the word to be a conqueror. So that beggars the question, what does it mean to be more than a conqueror? And uh, we're really all about the finished work of the cross again this morning because when Jesus died and rose again, he set everything in place for us to live a life just like he lived. And so uh, I want us to just look at that for a little while this morning. We were born to, uh, to be conquerors. We were born to be victorious. And I'll just share one or two scriptures with you. You won't get these up on the overhead, but if you do need them afterwards, I can give them to you. But you know, <clears throat> very, in the very beginning, way back in Genesis, when God created Adam and Eve and begun uh, what is going on now, he says that um, he, was, he has created man in his own image and he created man to rule to be in charge. Of course, he was talking about the earth, but not only the earth. The Old Testament, of course, is is so much type, but uh, the Old Testament refers to Adam and Eve being created in the likeness and image of God. Well, no one is in more authority and more place of ruling than God Almighty himself. We were made to rule. We were made to be overcomers. Uh, And this lovely verse in Romans 8 says... In all these things, we are more than conquerors. And this morning, we are going to have to have a more than conqueror mindset uh, if we are going to move into the next season. I was listening to a a testimony just this week. There is a a doctor who is currently in... um, in, in Africa on some charity work, a born-again man. He's a surgeon, actually. And so he's out there seeking to bring help to the less privileged, those who are desperately in need. And uh, he hasn't got a lot of equipment. He hasn't got uh, uh, anything other than a tin hut to act as a hospital operating theatre. And just in the last couple of weeks, a man was brought in that had been savaged by the tusk of an elephant. He was in a bad way, and he was in a hopeless mess. So he began to look at him and think, what, what can I do? I can pray. My medical knowledge can come into place. I can try and put things back together, stitch him up, stop the bleeding. But I have no blood. So he, he delayed operating for half an hour while he put a, uh, whatever it is, they put in your arm. And he took uh, half an hour of giving blood so that when he did the operation, he was able to give the man his blood, saved his life, and uh, gave him his blood. There, in the time of moving forward and bringing victory, there was a miracle in him waiting to happen. We're all a miracle waiting to happen. Huh? Weren't many amens there. Do you believe that? We are all in the place of being miracles waiting to happen. And it's very interesting. Or maybe I'll stick to these, maybe I won't. But it's very interesting that if you look at the book of Joshua, when Joshua began to lead the people of Israel, they had wandered for 40 years in the wilderness under Moses. And of course, they had come back to the place 
where they had been before on many occasions. And to avoid that happening, they needed to move from where they had been brought from Egypt, from all the ties that had held them in Egypt, and they needed to move over the river and into the promised land of Canaan. And the interesting thing, I only just noticed it yesterday, we know that, uh, we know that the Jordan was in flood because it was harvest time, which means it was probably about 30 metres or so wider than it normally was. Um, and you know, the first thing that happened in their moving seasons was a revelation of the miraculous. If you look in Joshua, it tells you that the priests that were carrying the Ark of the Covenant, as soon as their feet touched the water, the Jordan parted. From where it was coming, it stood up in a heap, kept going, and it left a space through the river for them all to walk through into the land of Canaan. Yeah, there were giants to overcome there were victories to be won in Canaan but their moving of seasons began with the miraculous I believe that we are beginning to see a release which I've believed for a long time and I know many of you have that God is going to release the miraculous among us and do you believe he has begun to do that he has hasn't he he has begun to do that um and I've, I've believed God has been going to do this ever since we came to Oasis. And uh, there are many of us here who believe that the miraculous is going to be part of our breakthrough and our moving of seasons. And in Joshua, uh, we read those words about <coughs> Joshua telling the people, right, get ready. Go through the camp, tell the people to get ready because in three days we are going to move into Canaan. And I just somehow feel, uh, I'm, I'm not uh, a prophetic man like the man was here last week, but I just feel somehow there may be something prophetic about that in as much as we're in those three days. <laughs> we're in those three days. And then if you move on from there, from those three days, it comes to the place where Joshua says, tell the people to separate themselves because tomorrow God is going to do wonders among us. I believe we're there, do you? Well, you don't have to agree with me if you don't believe it. I guess that's absolutely true. But uh, <laughs> I believe we're there. It's a time in our, in, in, in our uh, experience, in our church, and in many other churches too, that we're in that place where we have, you know, we have left behind the, the going round and round in circles, and we're at a very crucial place now. A very crucial place. You know... There are a, 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 there are a pair of twins that we have had a relationship with since they were born. And uh, uh, I remember uh, they're, they're 17, 18 now, and I, I've been here. But uh, I remember whenever, when they were little children, um, they would come to us to see us and, uh, and spend time with us. And then Annie would say, kids, are you ready? And they would reply together, we were born ready. We were born ready. Now, if we were born to be overcomers in the provision of God and in the creation of God and being created in the image of God and with God's authority, we were born ready. The only people that have got to get a grasp of that is us. 
(laughs) God knows we were born ready. He put everything in place. When Jesus died and rose again, he cried out, it's finished. The work was done. Everything was put in place for the promises that he gave when he went back to heaven to be fulfilled. Such promises as greater things than I have done will you do because I go to my father. And of course, he said something else so amazing, uh, which we know up here, but it's got to move a little bit. Um, he said, when I go, I'm going to send another, another person to take my place. He's going to be the Holy Spirit, and he's going to remain with you forever. Now, we've got to get hold of this. Who is the Holy Spirit? He's the same person that raised Jesus from the dead. Is that right? right. You don't have to have the scriptures. He's the same person that raised Jesus from the dead. Now, in one of the epistles, I think it is, uh, Paul records, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in you. That's for those who have received the Holy Spirit. Am I right? Yeah, he lives in us. And then Paul the Apostle says, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in you. Will he not put in order your mortal body? So, so there's healing in the cross. All right? We, I won't uh, stop on that because you know that's a favorite of mine. But I won't stop there. But when we are overcomers, it's not just healing. We can overcome our feelings. We can overcome our disappointments. We can overcome our mistakes that seem to have pulled us back. Why? Because Jesus Christ, when he finished the work on the cross of Calvary, made it possible for you and I to be more than conquerors. Now that's a decisive victory in everything. There's just no amens this morning. (laughs) Do you believe that? I know we believe it. I don't have to have amens. You know what I'm saying. But it's good that it's getting into here. Jesus has made it possible for us to be in victory in every facet of our lives. It does not matter whether we're in need. And that's a hard one. I'm not minimizing some of the things that we have to face it does not matter whether it's financial situations it doesn't matter whether it's physical situations it doesn't matter whether it's relationship situations what has God told us in his word it's what God has said that is all important it's not what circumstances say because circumstances sometimes contradict what God says now what is the truth The truth is what God says. Circumstances are not the truth. They're just the situation at the moment. But if we are in need, and if we are struggling financially, what is the truth? The truth is that God is Jehovah Jireh, our provider. Is that right? Is that right? He's our provider. Uh, He says, when we come into the kingdom of God and we become sons and daughters of the living God, I will never leave you and never forsake you. I will never see my children begging for bread. There's a lot of people begging for bread today. We feed lots of them, not begging in the sense of sitting on the street, but there's a lot of people in need of God's promise to us is, 
Not always that we'll have jam and cream, but that we will never be begging for bread. And really and truly, we don't need jam and cream, do we? Well, you might, but I don't. We don't, do we, Alan? (laughs) We don't need. But you see, the, the fact is not that we are at this moment experiencing need. The fact is, God has said, I'm your provider. I will be all that you need. All the word of God declares that everything belongs to him. If you were Prince Charles or Prince Andrew or Prince William or anybody else, um, would you be in need? (laughs) Would I be in need? Of course I wouldn't be in need. Because my grandma's the richest, one of the richest women in the world. So how can I be in need when she's my grandmother, or when my father is the owner, or, or when, when my parents own castles and acres and acres of land and estates? I, I'm not, hey, it's all mine. Because when they move on, it becomes mine. But no, it's mine now. Because the word of God declares that when we become sons and daughters, we become heirs with God and joint heirs with Jesus Christ. Do you know what that means? That means you and me have exactly the same access to God that Jesus does. That's what it means. Joint heirs, do you know, and actually I'm not a Greek scholar, And the Greek scholars are not here this morning in full force. Some are, I know. (laughs) But, uh, But I do know that that means equal. We have been made joint and equal heirs with Jesus Christ. So that means when Jesus went to the tomb of Lazarus, there was no question about... I heard a preacher talk a load of toffee once, saying, well, he was only asleep. No, Jesus said, Lazarus is dead. Didn't he? He said, Lazarus is dead. <laughs> and um, just, to, just to prove the situation, he didn't go as soon as he died. He waited until his body had begun to decompose. Now, Jesus stood at the tomb of Lazarus and he said, Father, you've heard me. I knew already what I was going to do. Why? Because Jesus says, I am the life, the way, the truth, and the life. So if Jesus is the life, that's all that matters. That's that's all that matters. And he's made us to be overcomers just like he was. Just like he was. You know, we don't have to be prayed for by Thank God for the great men of God. I love to be prayed for by some of these great gifted men and women of God. I thank God for, you know, I've had hands laid on me by people like John Paul Jackson. And I thank God for that. And prophetic words from them. And and, and that's a privilege and an honor. But listen, we don't have to have that to have an impartation to let us know who we are. We are sons and daughters of the living God. And in that, in, in that uh, statement alone, we are heirs with God and joint heirs with Jesus Christ. We don't have to uh, keep struggling and struggling and struggling when our father's a multimillionaire. 
And we don't have to wait for any dying to be done because the dying has already been done 2,000 years ago on the cross of Calvary when Jesus died. And you know, the Bible tells us that he looked down the corridor of time. It doesn't actually use those words, but it says that for the joy that was set before him, He endured the cross. He endured the shame. What was that joy? That joy was seeing those of us that are going to be part of the family of God come into the family of God, come into the place where we realize that we have been born to be overcomers. We were redeemed to be overcomers. And that because of what he had done on the cross and when he cried, it is finished, we had that overcoming authority which was passed to us by the cross. Now, there are going to be battles. There were battles in Canaan. I'll have to leave this, maybe another time. But there, there were battles in Canaan. But we have got to approach the battles understanding that we've already won because Jesus won them for us on the cross. Why do, we, why do we not have to fear death? <laughs> because Jesus took the keys of death and hell and he defeated death on the cross of Calvary. He defeated Satan on the cross of Calvary. It's time for us to move into our new season. It's time for us to move from the going around and round in circles and to come into the place that God has prepared for us. And I want to tell you, friends, this morning, it's a good place. It's a powerful place. It's a place where we are very soon about to see things that we have never, ever seen before. Why? Because the people of God are beginning to realize what their authority is, what their entitlement is, and who they are in Christ. I tell you, I've I've been getting really stirred up. You might guess that, but I've been getting a bit stirred up. And, uh, you know, I I like to sleep when I go to bed because I usually have to get up early. But I found myself laying in bed, not being able to doze off, so I start praying. That's the worst thing to do because you end up speaking in tongues and then you don't go to sleep. But (coughs) I've been saying, God, God, I... I, I, I really want to understand, what, what have I missed? Why am I not exercising that authority? And for some weeks now I've been praying, Lord, I believe, just help my unbelief. Because it's not that God has changed. It's not. Now, don't get discouraged. Thank God I've seen lots and lots of miracles, of, of, of amazing things that have happened, healings that have happened. But listen, that's not good having seen them so many years ago. It's not good. What we want to do is to see them now. And if we were moving out of an authority in God, what's happened? God has changed. No, he hasn't changed. But we must not get into condemnation and say, well, it's because we've sinned. It's it's nothing to do with that. It's to do with uh, the enemy being very good at his job. And is there anyone here that's never been deceived by the enemy? Ah, that's good. You didn't have to say amen to that. We've all been deceived and misled by the enemy, haven't we? 
when we first became born again and knew at that point our sins were forgiven, how many of us, you know, you, for some of you, you went out, the sky was bluer than it had ever been, the grass was greener than it had ever been, you were happier than you, how long was it before the devil said, you'll never keep this up, you won't be able to do this. Well, of course, then we didn't know that our response should be, uh, we know we won't be able to do it, devil, but Jesus is able to keep us, and he's made me from today more than a conqueror. We didn't know that then. But listen, we know it now, and we need to stir ourselves and shake ourselves, and we need to say, God, thank you because you've made me more than a conqueror. So whatever the crisis is, listen, we don't, keep meditating on the crisis we have to look at the crisis and say God your word says I am the Lord that heals you your word declares that when Jesus died on the cross his blood his stripes paid for our sickness the Bible declares that we will want for nothing the Bible declares that we, <laughs> we have victory because Jesus got it for us. And it doesn't matter what the, situationship, or what the situation is. It could be a relationship situation. What we have to do, you know, we, we've had folks and we may have them now who've, who've had children and relationships that have really broken down. What, a, what an incredible story that, that guy told us last week when he said he laid hands on the pregnant mum who'd got two babies with heart damage, one with a hole in the heart, one with things the wrong way round, and he didn't know what to say, and he just said, babies, God loves you. And God did an amazing miracle in the womb, and they were both born totally whole. We've got to understand the love of God. We've got to understand that there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Have you beaten yourself up? (laughs) Oh, I have. Uh, You know, I've repented of things a thousand times. Well, that's not what the Word of God says. The Word of God says if we confess our sin, He's faithful and just and forgives us our sins and cleanses us from all the effects of it. And it puts our sin behind His back never to be remembered anymore. So what happens? The enemy's the only one that keeps trying to remind us of past mistakes Ah, but do you remember? <laughs> Hang on, so many years ago you felt like this and you said you were going to run with things and look what happened. What we have to do is to come back to the word of God and we, we have to say, devil, God says in his word that you are the father of lies and you are a liar from the beginning. I don't believe you. And amazingly, When we stand up to the enemy like that, he backs off. Do you know why? Because the word of God says that's what he will do. The Bible tells us that if we resist the devil, he'll back off and he'll run away from us. So what we have to get into our mind is, hey, hey, hang on. That is not God. That is not God's nature. That is not what God has got for me. God's plan for me is to bless me, not to harm me. So he doesn't send sickness my way. He doesn't send poverty my way. His promise to me is that he's planned to give me a hope and a future. I I must pack up because the kids need to... uh, I haven't 
really shared my message this morning, but have you, have you just been encouraged? Because that's all, that's all that needs to happen. Listen, it's going to be, it's going to be a battle at times as we begin to move into the promised land. But I want you to get hold of that. Paul said, I can do all things through Christ, who is my strength. We, we are learning and we have an understanding that praise brings victory. Worship brings victory. We need to practice the things that we know that work. And then we need to work hard on standing on the word of God despite what things look like. Things look like they are going down the pan. So we start praying about the pan. No, when things look like they're going down the pan... We have to say, God, this is, not, this is not what your word says. Your word says you don't plan this for me. So if you haven't planned this for me, if you haven't planned destruction and disappointment and failure for me, this must be coming from the devil. So I'm going to thank you for my victory because you've made me more than a conqueror. Somebody said this morning, I don't know if it was Mad, uh, no, somebody, Joe. I was talking to Joe about being prayed for last, last week. And uh, she said, you know, amazingly, the next day I felt worse. Don't mind me sharing it. Sorry, I've shared it now. The next day I felt worse. Uh, I'm not at all surprised at that. I'm not at all surprised at that. (laughs) You think you got a touch from God yesterday? How do you feel today? Pretty rough. Well, you see, what the devil's intention is, I've finished him. What the devil's intention is that we say, well, God didn't heal me. Uh, I'm still just the same as I was. But what we have to do is to say, no, the word of God says (laughs) that uh, if I receive my healing, my body will change and come into line. I pray something I might have shared this morning will have blessed you and, and encouraged you. We are coming into the promised land. We're coming into the purposes of God for us individually and as a people. And as the body of Christ, it's going to be very exciting. It's going to be very scary. But we are more than conquerors through him who loved us and gave himself for us. Bless you.